It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Off the face off, Carlson flips to Couture. Now to Hurdle. The Czech hero behind the net to Meyer. Now to Carlson. Trying to whip it across the rink. That's a good read by Sissons to block that with a stick. Sharks hang out of it. Five seconds left in their power play. Time for one more chance here. It's Meyer flinging it across the rink. Here's Harrington just on. Shoots tipped there by Cunning, and it just went wide. Penalty is over. Shot. Hurdle. Star. Tomash Hurdle ties the game 1-1, and the crowd erupts here in Prague. 11-23 to go in the first period, and Tomas Hurdle scores the first goal for the Sharks this year in his hometown. Wow, what a moment. Yeah, it was a pretty special moment, obviously. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sure he's been thinking about that for a long time, and uh, obviously happy for him and the team. I thought I got a little bit inspired by that. I thought we played better after that, and you know, unfortunately, we only got one. All right, good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? Yes, the shark season is underway. No, it did not start with a win, nor should anyone be deriving too much from yesterday's loss unless you want to simply look at the fact that, yeah, James Reimer can still play a really good game. It doesn't look like what we saw last year was an aberration, at least through one game from James Reimer. But, you know, yesterday was not a perfect performance from the San Jose Sharks by any means. There was a lot to not like there was some stuff to like and you know my overall reaction to everything was that more so than what we saw from the transition from Pete DeBoer to Bob Bugner is this is a entirely different team even though yes you still have core players Logan Couture Mark Edward Vlasic Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle you know Eric Carlson there are players that remain from previous versions of the Sharks team but this is different right now, and I think that there were a number of things that we saw that were different, and actually some things that kind of reminded me of, um, you know, what we saw under Todd McClellan, like the power play. There were actually some moments in it, especially working from behind the net, that looked a little bit like that era, but, you know, this is going to take time. I mean, that is my overall reaction, and that doesn't mean that they're going to lose every game until, you know, they figure this out, but... I was not expecting a well-oiled performance yesterday, and I think that's what we saw. It was not a well-oiled performance. They weren't terrible by any means. It just overall, they weren't doing enough to create high-quality opportunities over and over against a goalie who's as good as Saros is, A. And then, you know, B, you looked at just overall everybody not being completely on the same page with everybody because there's a lot of new players out there. There's a lot of guys who are new to the shark system, who don't have the same level of experience, who don't have the same comfort level with their teammates, and it takes time. I mean, again, that's just what I'm going to come back to. Um, but that's something that they have to work on. That's something that they will improve upon. And, you know, I'm not going to be surprised even now in day two and or game two, however you want to classify this, because they're the same thing, 
But I would expect the Sharks to be a little bit better. I would expect them to have a little bit more experience. And just that one game, that real NHL game under their under their belt together, they're going to build upon that. That's what teams do, and it takes time, obviously. But overall, yesterday was pretty much what I expected in terms of everybody not looking amazing. And listen, Saros made some great stops early on. I thought the Sharks had a number of really high-quality chances. Um, but after that, they just didn't do enough. They didn't get pucks deep enough. They didn't get multiple looks. Saros always had the right answer. He was deflecting rebounds in a good direction and getting things out of trouble. And when that's the case, you're not always going to find life that easy for you. And that was something that I hope we see more and more of today is that the Sharks do generate more high-quality chances, that they get more pucks in chaos. Because if we look at the chaos that was created specifically on the hurdle goal, that was just overall you had you know the puck in front of the net, you had guys that were getting beneath defenders, and lo and behold, they were able to create a scoring opportunity and a scoring goal out of that. And I think that's what you're hoping to see more of in game number two. And it's just about making life more difficult for Saros and beyond Saros for whatever goalie they are going to face in whatever game it's going to be this year. Just again, make that life more difficult. Make multiple chances, control the puck in the zone and try and put the puck on net. And yeah, it was not a, a, a terrible performance from the Sharks offense. Saros was pretty good. It was just one of those games. They were not finding space. And then as the game got later and later, they were not getting multiple looks and Saros was just pretty much in control. Um, you know, a couple of things that we saw, one of them was Kevin LeBanc. And I thought Kevin LeBanc looked really, really good. And he's one of my most key players this year to have that step back up to their level of production that we expect from them or we think they're capable of. I've identified Kevin LeBanc. I've identified Noah Greger. Those are two guys that I'm really looking for to have a big step forward if the Sharks are going to have more success as a team. But Kevin LeBanc was active. And Kevin LeBanc was making things happen. He was making good passes. He was getting shots off. He even created a couple of turnovers on the forecheck. And that's exactly what I want to see from Kevin LeBanc. I want to see him active in both ends of the ice. And I want to see him ultimately as a playmaker because he does have great playmaking ability. I don't expect him to be a 40-goal scorer, but I do expect him to be able to score 20-ish goals. And I expect him to be able to get, you know, 30-plus assists because we saw what he can do on that, you know, line with Joe Thornton back in the 2018-2019 season. Obviously, it's been a rough go since then. I think that, you know, the injuries that he sustained last year, maybe those delayed things from really developing into what ultimately we were going to see last year. But I think the motivation is there. I think that he had a really good summer getting healthy and getting back into shape. And I think he's bigger and stronger than he has been previously. And I thought we saw him battling for pucks. And I thought we saw him stronger on the puck overall. And I think that we saw some very encouraging signs in that capacity of what he can be going forward. But it's not just enough to be that in game number one, it's got to continue. You know, anybody can play their ass off in game number one of the season and, you know, make a good impression. But how is he going to be in game, you know, 57? You know, is he going to be able to still be hardworking, productive, involved on plays, creating opportunities for his teammates, getting good looks at the net? You know, we won't be able to say until we're that deep into the season. But for one game, I did like what I saw. Now, to balance that thing that I liked with something I didn't like, I didn't like how easy at times Nashville was able to make zone entries and ultimately create more odd man rushes. And they did have fewer odd man rushes than the Sharks over the course of the game. But on 
scoring plays on just a number of looks. It just seemed like Nashville was having no problem getting into the Sharks' defensive zone. To me, if the Sharks are going to win in game number two, they have got to figure out how to slow Nashville down in the neutral zone and not make life that easy for them to get into the Sharks' end because that you know, life in the neutral zone yesterday, Nashville, I thought was way too easy. And maybe, you know, we're still going to see what Quinn is doing with his defense. We're going to see how the Sharks handle everything from that perspective. But that was one thing I identified over and over and over again. And it's one thing if you make a dive for a puck, if you overextend yourself and then suddenly you're left out of the play and you put yourself in a two-on-one rush because one of your defenders went out and reached trying to break up a pass. Something like that, I would forgive a little bit more, but I just overall didn't love the positioning that we saw in that capacity, and that's something that's got to get better. But that's what's brilliant about this. David Quinn is infinitely smarter in terms of hockey tactics than I am. I am sure that he identified that as well. I am sure that he knows exactly what he needs to do to put the Sharks in a better opportunity to score more goals. So I am not worried about that in any way, shape, or form. It's just one of those things that I identified throughout the course of the game. It was like, that was too easy. That was too easy. That was too easy. And saw that Nashville was getting in just, again, unopposed. And oftentimes, if you enter unopposed and you've got some space, bad things are going to happen for you know your team, the Sharks, and good things are going to happen for the opposition in Nashville. And they created good opportunities, you know, predicated upon the fact that they were able to enter the zone with speed and with space. You know, if a guy is going to enter the zone, you want to be able to contest that puck or that first pass immediately. That was not the case yesterday. And for the Sharks to have a better performance again in game number two, that is one thing immediately that has to be improved upon. James Reimer yesterday, I had no problem with his performance. Um, You know, I guess you can make the argument that maybe that first goal he could have been able to stop. But you know what? I I think that on most of them, those were fine goals to give up. And I'm not going to get too angry about any of them. They weren't bad. One of them he got screened on. You saw him uh, throwing a little bit of a look. I couldn't tell who he was staring at, but he did not like the defensive buildup uh, that led to a goal. And he also got screened a little bit by his own man, which is not going to help you in any capacity. You want your guy to be able to uh, to be able to have the clear vision of the goals. But James Reimer, again, he looked like what we expected him to look like. And that brings me to Capo Kakin, and I'm very excited to see what we get out of him. You know, these are abbreviated preseasons for the Sharks and Predators. And, you know, goalies more than anyone need that time, or maybe not more than anyone, but they they do need that time to get their game rhythm and everything going. And I thought that Reimer yesterday looked like his rhythm was there, looked like he was seeing the puck well, looked like he was ready to go for an NHL game. And yeah, you give up three goals, that, that happens, but you want your offense to be able to get, keep it a 3-3 game so that you can maybe earn a point, send it into overtime, or just, you know, you give up three goals, you think like you should be able to, to keep pace. But overall, I thought Reimer was not put in great positions on those goals. And ultimately, you have to look at everyone. You can't just look at the goalie. It's easy to zoom in on him and show his frustration after a goal is scored. But there were a number of breakdowns and a number of things that did not go his way in the lead up to those goals being scored that have me not too upset with James Reimer. And that's why I'm excited to see Capo Kakinen today, because I think the Sharks, you know, if we look back at what their problems were, you know, Two years ago in the shortened season, you know, they didn't have great depth in terms of their goalies. And, you know, Martin Jones was not what he had previously been. He was giving up too many goals. And I thought that led to some, you know, shoulders slumping for the Sharks, even when they thought they had worked hard on offense and on defense to immediately score a goal and watch, 
your goalie give up a soft goal. You know, it was a little bit defeating in that capacity. But, you know, last year the Sharks goalie situation was much improved with Reimer and Hill and Kakinen. And I think that's something that's going to continue this year. And I think that, you know, they're going to try and determine how they can really get, you know, a good balance between Kakinen and Reimer. And I would think that because Reimer isn't as young as he used to be, which is, yes, the obvious statement of this entry because none of us are, but I would think the idea is that you want to lean more heavily on a Capo Kakinen or at least maybe do some sort of a, you know, you know, 47 and 35 type split. I, you know, I, I don't know exactly how they want to uh, to try and do this, but you want to give yourself that opportunity to where you can lean a little bit more on the young guy, Kakinen, to keep Reimer, the older guy, a little bit more fresh and a little bit more capable getting deeper and deeper into the season. And that would be my hope. And of course, there's the potential that one of those guys just looks absolutely lights out and you are, you know, demanded to keep on putting them out there on the ice game after game after game after game. So these are all things that we, you know, look at over the course of a a season and we've got a a lot to learn, obviously, but nothing about Reimer's performance yesterday made me upset in the slightest. I thought he did his job. Unfortunately, the Sharks offense did not do theirs. Now, if we talk about overall the Tomas Hurdle angle of him being able to play in front of his home crowd in an NHL game for the first time ever and him scoring that goal, I mean, his reaction was really, really special, I thought. He, you know, it looked like he had scored a game-winning goal, and you know, that's something that I can't even try and put in perspective. You know, we live in North America. We have the premier hockey league in the world. Players from all over the world come and get a chance to, you know, show what they can do, but primarily in front of a, an American audience and the people and the influences and the factors that allowed them to become the player they are back from wherever they're from, maybe never get a chance to see that in person. And for Tomas Schertel, yesterday was his chance. So, you know, for him to have, in my opinion, overall a good game, I thought Tomas Schertel was in on the puck. He was looking like Tomas Schertel to get that goal, to have that moment in front of his home crowd. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you want to have happen. And, you know, just watching how intense those fans were and watching how into it they were, you know, this is something that the NHL and the Sharks have to do more and more going forward, not just to give, you know, players special moments. But, you know, for those of you that don't know, I work in soccer as well. And every year you see the Manchester Uniteds, you see the Chelsea's, you see the Man Cities, you see these huge clubs. Real Madrid, Barcelona, they go and they travel the globe and they give these other fan bases a chance to see these guys in person. And, you know, that's something that soccer has been very, very good about for a long time in terms of building their global brands. And yeah, we would like these games to be at SAP Center, obviously, but at the same time, it is nice to think that there are going to be more people around the world rocking a Sharks jersey putting money into the franchise that the franchise can then spend on players, that can spend on analytics, that can spend on having the best of the best to prop up the Sharks. And I think it's you know the idea that a team from the Bay Area, a global area of the world that represents people of all colors, all creeds, all religions, all ways of life, the Bay Area, the San Jose Sharks, there's no better team to represent the NHL. And I'm sure for a lot of those fans that were in attendance yesterday and will be in attendance today, they're going to walk away with some really good emotions. You know, even if their national hero lost, I'm pretty sure they're still going to walk away from that performance thinking to themselves, wow, that was pretty cool. We got to see two of the best hockey teams in the world playing in our own stadium, looking at some of our own national heroes. The best way to respond to that is to give those fans 
a chance to watch their national hero in Tomas Hurdle get a win today. And that's what the Sharks are tasked to do. And listen, if the Sharks walk away from this one with a one and one record, a home and away, is anyone disappointed with that? No, you would have loved to go 2-0 and and you don't want to go 0-2. But if you walk away from this with a win and a loss, which is, I, I think, what will happen, I'm not too upset about that. I'm not too disappointed. It lives up to my expectations. And, you know, last year the Sharks won the first four games of the year. Did that get them into the playoffs? No. There were tough times ahead, just like there are going to be tough times ahead this year. And it's ultimately why I am advocating patience. But at the same time, the Sharks have a lot of talent out there on the ice. You know, they have top-end stars, Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture. Those four alone have the ability to impact and win any single game that they play in. And, you know, considering... Other than Hurdle, none of them had a really spectacular game yesterday. Although I I admit, I did like some of the active play I saw from Eric Carlson. I thought that he looked pretty lively out there. I liked seeing him drive the net a couple times. I liked seeing him, you know, trying to make things happen, but not in a reckless way. And I thought that, you know, some of the the times we saw him out there with his just kind of freedom, um, you know, it it reminded me a little bit of what we saw of a younger Eric Carlson. I hope we see more of that this year. But You know, I I think the Sharks can easily come out and walk away with a win. I don't mean easily in the sense that, you know, they're going to just blow out Nashville. But no, it's like the Sharks team has talent. Yeah, there are a lot of changes that happen in the offseason. There is a new system that they are trying to learn. They are trying to learn their new teammates. They are trying to get Benning on the same page with, you know, everybody else out there. Same story for a Sturm. Same story for any number of new acquisitions for the Sharks. But you know what? There are also veteran players that make everybody else around them a little bit better, like a Nick Bonino, for instance, like a Mark Edward Vlasic. So yes, game one, not perfect, but there is a lot to look forward to, and I'm expecting a bounce-back performance from the Sharks today, which isn't to say there will most definitely be one, but that is my level of expectation. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming up on the other side, we are going to get some of the post-game reaction from head coach Quinn. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Off the faceoff, Sharks down 2-1. to one. And so let's see what the Lawrence Sturm Gadjevich line can do. They shoot one into the offensive end. Good job there, though, by the goaltender Saros to get it through the checkers. And the Preds slip it down the ice inside the San Jose territory. Short of icing. Sharks pick it back up. Bounce off the right boards. We got a fight on the ice at the near side. It's Jonah Gadjevich dropping the gloves with a big rugged defenseman, Mark Gorbietsky, who gets a couple of lefts right away at Gadjevich, and there goes Gadjevich's helmet. But Gadjevich gets a pretty good right on Gorbietsky, who loses his balance right along the boards, and they both tumble to the ice. And so both guys got good shots in the very first fight of the season. And again, Jonah Gadjevich stepping up right after the Sharks trail by the score of 2-1. to one. So Gadjevich was the Sharks' leader last year in major penalties for fighting. 
and Mark Borbietsky is a very tough customer. Yes, I thought we, as the game went on, I thought we got away from getting pucks in net and traffic and, you know, you know, for the most part, I thought up until they made it three to one, it was a, you know we were hanging around and you know I liked some of the things we were doing, but you know once they made it three to one, I really thought there was a huge disparity in the way they played compared to the way we played. I thought the last 25 minutes they really took it to us, and I thought we got a little bit demoralized. And you know we've got to toughen up a little bit mentally in that department when you do get scored upon, you got to fight back, which I thought we did after we gave up the first one early, um, but. You know, I, you know, the last 25 minutes, they really kind of set the tone and took it to us. The fists of Jonah Gadjevich and head coach David Quinn bringing us back in as we get ready for game two of the San Jose Sharks season. Looking back on yesterday's game number one. And ultimately, that was one of the things that I didn't like. If, you know, earlier I mentioned those zone entries. It was more just the fact that, you know, that the pace of the game was really dictated by Nashville. They were in control. They really set the tone, and the Sharks did not have a response. And, you know, you have to view this as a, as a mini little series. Which team is going to be able to make the most adjustments? Which team is going to be able to have the most corrections from one game to the next? And obviously, the onus is on the Sharks. The onus is there for them to, you know, try and get a better performance out of everyone overall. And, you know, listen, Nashville had new acquisitions as well, you know, some high-profile ones who had good performances yesterday, and now it's time for the Sharks and some of their new additions, as well as their high-profile players, to have a big game as well. You know, I, I think there has to be a, a, a punch back from the San Jose Sharks, just in terms of mentality, right? Not to try and say like, oh, they're just as good as the Predators. They went to the playoffs last year. The Sharks, like, no, I don't, I don't, listen, we're way too early in the season to start talking about how the Sharks compare against a playoff team. I just want to see how the Sharks respond from one game to the next. If you heard my interview yesterday with Shalana Goldman, we talked about, and she talked about specifically, I should say, that she wanted to see how the Sharks respond after a loss. And I thought that was something that a year ago that the Sharks, you know, kind of let snowball a bit. There were some losing streaks that came into play. There were some issues that, you know, time and time again reared their head that you ultimately don't want to see. You want to see the Sharks be able to lose a game and then bounce back with a win, two wins, and see what happens after that. Now, listen, when all is said and done, we could be talking about the Sharks being a 500 team, a sub 500 team. I don't really know, but that's one of the things that we're going to be judging this team on. We know this team, barring a miracle, is not going to be winning a Stanley Cup in year number one under David Quinn and Mike Greer. It's possible. I don't expect it to happen, but yes, I will acknowledge it is a possibility. But what I want to see is how they respond from one game to the next after a loss or in a, in a game like this where they're seeing opponents very shortly, how do they respond from one game to the next? How, how does David Quinn and his coaching staff and his video staff look at what they saw and put forth a better game plan in game number two? Because ultimately, that is, at least in my opinion, how a coach and a staff are judged. What are they doing to make their players have their greatest chances to succeed? And that, hopefully, will be rectified from yesterday. And not that yesterday's game was some awful game plan or there was anything wrong with it. It's just, no, you need to see how they bounce back. You need to see what they can do against a lot of the same players to try and put forth a better performance. And that's what I'm expecting to see today. I want to see them make life more difficult, um, you know, for the overall Predators defense. 
And when they go with the goalie, they need to be able to put multiple looks on. They need to be creating high danger opportunities. They need to be creating more chaos in front of the net. And, you know, even when you go back to the the sexy sharks, like, yeah, you had a guy like Joe Pavelski who was able to get into the tight spaces and deflect a puck on for a goal. Like, that's something you're going to be looking to see, you know, time and time again. And it's what I am hopeful for without a doubt. Ultimately, that has to be a priority for the Sharks in game number two. Make life more difficult for the goalie and simply create more opportunities in high danger areas. More from Coach Quinn as he was asked about shuffling his lines later in the game. Too early to answer that question. Obviously, the penalties kind of got us out of rhythm from a line standpoint. And when you're down three to one, you can't take penalties in the third period. I think we took three, uh, you know, which certainly isn't going to help us. So. You know, that was partly the reason why we had to juggle the lines up and uh, you know try to shorten it up down the stretch here to try to try to get back in it offensively, obviously. Yeah, the penalties later in the game were not exactly a great sign, but at the same time, it's game number one. You're not completely on top of the game. You're probably a little bit more tired than you are usually because your fitness level is ready for an NHL game, but at the same time, there's a difference between being ready for an NHL game and your body being used to the rigors that happens after you get 5-10 games into the year, and so that can lead to you overextending to you know getting a high stick to reaching, you know, any... Uh, Anything can happen in the first couple of games of the season. I'll put it that way. But the other side of this, in terms of juggling those lines, mixing things up after you take penalties, it doesn't have to just be because you take penalties. Right now, Quinn is trying to figure out exactly what he needs to do to put these players in an opportunity to have their greatest success. Obviously, he has an idea based on skill sets, based on capabilities, based on any number of things that he thinks, okay, if I put these players together, this is going to yield success. But, you know, we can look at teams all around the NHL. The ideal lines or the ideas they have for lines, that changes. You see what guys' games do. You see who complements and supplements each other. You see who fits well together. You see who you think meshes together versus who actually meshes together. And these are things we are going to figure out as we get deeper and deeper into the season. Again, it's game number one of the season. Anyone drawing massive conclusions from what they saw, pump the brakes, man. Pump the brakes. You can't read too much into this. And yeah, listen, I get it. We all want to react. We all want to think that we know and we see and we have every single answer to every single issue in the book. I get like that oftentimes, but then I have to take a deep breath and recognize that things are going to evolve naturally. And I know that's hard because listen, you've been waiting for this game since April 29th. There's nothing more that you want to see than Sharks hockey and you want to see the Sharks win. It didn't happen. Let's see if it happens today. Let's see if the Sharks make good on some of the issues that they had in game one of the season. Now they did create a goal out of a power play. It wasn't on the power play, but at the same time, there were some things that I liked with the power play. Um, they worked a little bit more from behind the net, which reminded me, especially a lot of what we saw with Joe Thornton back in the Todd McClellan days. And obviously, you know, when you have a player like Joe Thornton, it makes life easier, but there were some good things we saw in that capacity. I liked just some of the puck movement, some of the things they were trying to do on the power play, but also it's game number one of the season. And, you know, everything that we see in game number one, it has to be somewhat you know, kind of countered with that refrain of it's game number one. Not everybody is at their top level. Not everybody is on the same page. It takes time. You have to grow this chemistry. And, you know, we can go over what chemistry means. I think there's a lot of different 
you know, understandings. But, you know, there were a couple times yesterday where the, the pass wasn't there or the timing was off. And I think that more of, you know, guys having an unconscious understanding of each other, it's just about being, you know, used to each other's games. It's not knowing exactly where a guy is going to be. It's just knowing that one guy, if you're trying to connect a pass, if you're looking for a stretch pass, if you're looking to lead a guy in, if you're looking to know when he's going to be entering the zone so you don't get offside. We saw one instance of that yesterday uh, where Couture went offside, I believe, and Vlasic had the puck. Yeah, it takes a little bit. Even for guys who have been playing together for a long time, like Couture and Vlasic have, it takes time. Everybody has to get on the same page. Everybody has to figure each other out. No, you always want more. You know, obviously we got to be more efficient. I mean, 0 for 4 says it is what it is, right? I mean, sometimes you can be really good on the power play and a goalie stands on his head, but I, would, I don't think that was the case. I think we can be more productive on the power play and more efficient. Yeah, that was Coach Quinn speaking after the game, talking about everything that he saw on the power play, and he's right. They can be more efficient. They can be better. They didn't score a goal on the power play, and that is another area of improvement we hope to see from one game to the next. But another big takeaway from yesterday was that atmosphere inside the arena, and that's something that I really hope the Sharks are able to use to their advantage today. Get another Tomas Hurdle goal, get the lead, really ride the momentum, and use it to your advantage. It was pretty pretty electric. Uh, obviously, as we've touched on, this is a passionate hockey country. They love their hockey. Uh, obviously, Thomas Hurdle is uh, a guy that's revered around here, and he should be. So, you know, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty great atmosphere, and we kind of expected that. And Quinn's aware of it. You can hear him talking about that. He knows how much Hurdle means to that fan base. That has to be taken advantage of. There's no better way to do that than to get those goals earlier, get the crowd behind you, and make life difficult for Nashville. That has got to be a priority, not just from the standpoint of taking control of the game early and putting yourself in the lead, but there's so much electricity in that arena, especially in favor of a guy like Tomas Hurdle. These both feel like home games for the Sharks. You've got to be able to use that to your advantage. You've got to be able to get more momentum earlier just to make things very uncomfortable for Nashville. All right, we are just about out of time. Be sure to stay with us this morning. Pre-game coverage with Dan Rusinowski starts at 10.30. We'll also have Teal Report and the build-up with all of the latest news. And then right here on the Sharks Audio Network at 11, it's Game 2 between the Sharks and the Predators. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.